Welcome to this episode of CTU Speaks. Homie, I was taught by a Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher. I learned to read and write from a Chicago teacher, so I'm inspired by the fight from my Chicago teacher. Hi, everybody. I'm Andrea Parker, teacher at Robert Fulton Elementary School. And I'm Jim Starnes, high school teacher at King College Prep. Today, we will be talking with our president, Jesse Sharkey, and our recording secretary, Crystal Williams-Hayes, about our contract and our fight. After that, we're going to be talking to LaShawn Wallace, the chair of the PSRP committee, and Maria Moreno, the CTU financial secretary, about the lessons we can learn from the 2012 strike and how that relates to our current fight and our contract proposals. Put on your red shirt like the bulls in 95. Hit the streets with a sign and say I'm fighting for mine. It's a fork in the road and you got to choose a side. And yes, I'm proud to say I was a public school student. We have an awesome treat today. We are joined here with the awesome president of the Chicago Teachers Union, Jesse Sharkey. I am delighted to be here with you guys. I know you are. I can tell by your face. I wish the eyes could see you. And the wonderful Crystal Williams-Hayes, our recording secretary. Thank you for having me. So thank you all for being here. Um, We're just delighted again for you all to be here. We're going to talk about some very important issues today for our members to hear. So number one, um, we are in a movement and definitely a moment. So we're going to discuss the moment first. So our contract has expired as of June 30th. We are out of contract and members are really wondering if we are going to strike. So what do we think is going to happen? What are the sticking points? You want to got to be sticking points. Uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, no, I, I, I'm partly kidding because sure. we don't, we're not seeing eye to eye with the board right now on paying benefits. Uh, we're, we're not where we need to be on staffing promises to make our schools better. Uh, we, we haven't gotten agreements yet on class size. That is, there's right. a lot of sticking points. Right. Um, I, the thing I was joking about, though, is that mm-hmm. in, in some ways we're actually in a good moment because there's more money in the board's coffers than there have been in years and years. That sounds uh, good. You know, the, the uh, ROM is gone, uh, Rauner is gone, and the finances of this are good. So to me, that means that we should be in a good place to win real gains in our contract for our members. So theoretically, yes, it's more money. So we feel like more things can happen for our members, but is that happening? Is it so easy, easy right. said if it was, If it was just as easy as, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, saying it would make it so. Uh, the, the issue is that uh, although we had a mayor who campaigned on a number of promises about making better schools, uh, she hasn't shown up to the table and actually put those promises into writing. We, we don't yet, we have not yet won the, the promises, the contractual language, which is going to allow us to say, um, you know, we have a contract that we could recommend. But really, we're just getting going on that. Wow, just getting going. That's kind of scary. So what do you think will get the ball rolling? Is it some things that where it's like, yes, this is good here, but over here is not so good? I think we need to um, maybe have a direct conversation with Lightfoot herself. Um, We seem to have the same um, attorneys who are assigned to destruct and destroy labor, Um, and it may help. I would have hoped with her coming in, that she would have had some type of motherly wit right. when running this city as a as a parent, um, dealing with children in the system, possibly that she would have came with an open mind. And I haven't seen her um, have that interest in us at all, or even that due respect as professionals in the field of education. So I would have hoped that she would have given us an ear personally 
um, and hear what we'd have had to say and not hear what has been accustomed to what we're doing now in this fight. Wow. So as of now, no conversation with the mayor. Well, uh, let me just add this in. Um, no, the mayor hasn't been to the table, mm-hmm. but that's not unusual. I mean, okay. typically speaking, the mayor sends a deputy, and there there is a sort of a junior deputy there from the mayor. And there's also her labor attorney, who's Jim Franzik, who is also Rahm's labor attorney, who is also Daly's labor attorney. And this, this guy's been around for you know, a long a time. Yeah, since This guy's been there since the board was over on Pershing Road. Mm-hmm. But the... I mean, the thing I will say is that it's clear that the mayor's office is listening to what we say in public and responding. They have not yet responded the way we want them to respond. But, you know, we started talking about staffing and we've been going through the the real needs in our schools, the things that students and our members need to make school go better, whether that's social workers to deal with trauma in schools, whether that's case managers to deal with Mm -hmm. um, the incredible difficulty around special education. We need PSRPs. And they haven't responded in, in, in writing, but they have gone out and, and made press announcements and, you know, and, and made uh, publicity announcements that they're going to actually respond. They're going to make additional hiring and whatnot. So that shows that our, our organizing and our advocacy is having an effect. Well, that brings us to the next question on organizing is really important. That's how we make sure that all of our members are on the same page and that the city understands what we're fighting for and why we're fighting for it. So where are we in that? And do you really think there will be a strike? Do I think there'll be a strike? I think if the board doesn't change course, uh, then we're going to have to stand up and be counted or else we're just going to get flattened by, you know, the board and and this whole system that they've built up. It's clear to me that they would deal with us as cheaply as they think they can get away with. It, that, that's the CNCPS stands for cheap. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did. You know, if you look at what they've done, you know, they they have made our school budgets so close to the bone, you know, with so right. little extra mm-hmm. fat or muscle or meat on the bone that we wind up with principals. Even if a principal wants to keep a librarian, they can barely afford to do it. Right. And they're saying, right. do I do a two, three split or do I keep a library? Right. And, and so, you know, we've seen librarians just since 2012 go from, I don't know, 450 or so librarians down to barely over 100 today. In uh, area after area, we can't keep our, our, our schools open and functioning the way that we need to be. And that's a real concern. I know you see it with PSRPs, too. Just the number of pairs in the building has been shrinking massively. It has. And um, we need pairs in the building. When you look at the culture and climate of most of the schools that mm-hmm. um, are questionable, um, it's tremendous. I mean, the attacks on teachers and students and the, the um Discipline in buildings, it's outstanding. But if we had more paras in the building assisting teachers, it would continue, It would give them an opportunity to educate. Um, teacher assistance would be viable in the buildings to assist the teachers, pull kids away, you know, that are struggling or discipline issues or whatever the case may be, um, giving the teacher an opportunity to provide more instruction. Um, we are asking for that. We need that. We haven't had that in years. There has been a, a serious decline in teacher assistance and other paras in the building. Um, the question about like, is a CTU strike happy? Are you just trying to, you know, bang the strike drum for the sake of sounding militant and hearing yourself shout? Uh, the truth of the matter is that, you know, I've got two kids at public schools. 
officers of the CTU don't take strike during you don't take, don't take pay during a strike. Mm-hmm. So no one here is like looking forward to a strike. It, right. it's, it's a tremendous amount of work and grief, frankly, and it carries a risk that you could alienate the public when you do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're we're quite conscious about that. But I, I think that the point is that when we look at what's going on in this city right now, we realize that this is a better chance to improve the schools than we've had in a decade. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I talked about Rom and Rauner being gone. Well, in terms of the money, we're, we're in a lot better situation with the money. There's a $250 million a year pension levy that was restored by the legislature. There's another more than $200 million a year of pension funding. And so all of the sort of unfunded dollars that we're getting taken out of the school's budget to our, our pensions, that, that's been, that's, there's relief there. Then in addition to that, we see that there's a credible amount of money rolling into the TIF coffers. I think $860 million last year of new money in TIF coffers. Mm-hmm. 52% of the taxing authority, that comes out of the schools. So we think we should be able to get money there. They could restore the um, uh, the capital tax, the, um, the, the per capita tax mm-hmm. um, that Brahm Emanuel um, a cancel for businesses. And it, we just look and it, you add that up and there's about a billion dollars a year more that are available in the school's budget that, should, that need to find its way into the classrooms. All right, that sounds good. So I'm just thinking about this movement and we think about this labor movement and getting justice for students. That's the movement. And one way that we do that is by striking. So how do we make our members feel confident about this strike vote? about checking yes on the box on, on if we should strike. So I'm thinking about the 2012 strike. Um, what do we feel that has been gained um, as a result of that? And how do we build our members' confidence on putting yes there based on the 2012 strike? What we do this year is going to really be about us drawing a line in the sand and saying, we, we're going to take advantage of historic opportunity to improve our schools. Our schools have been bled dry over the last decade by all the cuts. 12 was a different kind of thing. 12 was about us standing up against an attempt to make a seven hour and 40 day, to force us to work Saturdays, to do PD, um, to impose merit pay on us, mm-hmm. to right. have an evaluation system with, with, with no right to an appeal. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you go through their plan for what they were trying to do to us was far worse. And we were in a defensive strike. We were. There, there's a lot of ways in which school actually got worse over the last decade. Um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to know exactly what would have happened, but I firmly believe that if we hadn't struck and we had rolled over and we'd taken it, school would have been even worse still, mm-hmm. you know, that th- we wouldn't have had something called the teaching profession. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have had meaningful tenure or the, or the protections that our union has afforded to us. And so if, if that was about a defensive strike, this is about us getting back up and saying, you want to know what we're back and we're stronger than ever. And, and we have some real aspirations for how school can be great. And, and have schools that us and our children can be proud of. I want to add, too, that we're not just, um, our contract is not uh, just about wages, right? It's not just about um, us making more money that's comparable for the education that we've paid for and still paying student loans on. But um, this contract will um, be a benefit to communities in the city of Chicago, in the black and brown communities. When we know that there has been a diminish in our communities, we know that Chicago has purposefully re um uh structured our housing in the city and those communities they mm-hmm. uh, purposely um foreclosed on a lot of properties which were forced black and brown students out of this city like right. for real um so we're not just um asking for that we're we're really pushing for um 
there to be a balance in housing and housing being brought back into these communities. What we've won since 2012, we put a pushback on the board. Their intention was to close over 250 schools. Right. And we mm -hmm. fought back. And we we pushed back so that they only were able to close maybe 50 something, right? Right. That's a big deal. It you is. know, we don't want people to forget that. Um, when we talk about uh, uh, what we've done and what we've accomplished, We've organized charter schools. I remember about mm -hmm. 10 years ago or less, the board was pushing charter schools down our throat right. and removing, you know, jobs were just going away. We've put a hold on that. So they're not right. like forcing that down our throat now right. because everybody got to be paid comparably and what they deserve to be paid in the charter school, which is leverage for us in our contract and could take us into salary um, um, we want to talk about wages and comparing um, the two. But, yeah, we, we've gained a lot since 2012. And I, I'm not I don't doubt that our members are afraid of a strike. But if I were the mayor of this city, I certainly wouldn't want it to happen. Yeah, I do not doubt our seriousness on this right. issue. And I will say something else about wages, because no one is more accommodating and self-sacrificing than a bunch of educators. But there comes a time when if you want to advocate for what's right for your students, you got to start by advocating for yourself. Wages have fallen way too far in this city. We haven't kept up with inflation, with the rising cost of housing, which is incredibly difficult to afford. Mm -hmm. Our demand is for 5% increase a year and a rollback of healthcare costs. Both of those things would put significant money in our, in our members' pockets. We're also asking for PSRPs to get an upgrade. Years ago, they increased the level of education required to be a PSRP. Now we'd like to see there be a lane system uh, and some recognition of educational attainment among our paras. Um, but the bottom line is that like, if we don't advocate for our own, what's in our own pay packets, right. no one is going to do that. Correct. And, and so mm -hmm. it's like you don't want to have a wage at the end of the every every two weeks when, when you look at your check and feel disrespected by what you have staring mm -hmm. you, you in the face. You've got to have you've got to have a sense of dignity and respect in your own ability to earn. And that's going to be one of the issues in this thing. I'm not going to put any sugarcoating on it. Money is going to be the, one of the, the key issues that's left at the end of the day. Yeah, and I was saying that before that we shouldn't be ashamed to advocate about money because we work hard for it. And, mm -hmm. you know, we went to college and we got a lot of teachers got master's degrees, some um, doctorate degrees, and we should not be we shouldn't be apologetic about asking for that. I, you know, I saw I saw a national poll which said that 80 percent of the public thinks that teachers are underpaid and only 50% of teachers think that <laughs> teachers are underpaid. Wow. And I, you know, what that, all that tells me is that the public in general feels like teachers are underpaid. I promise you more than 50% of teachers think we're underpaid, but Absolutely. teachers aren't fully confident about saying that even to a pollster. Right. Just as fearful of what the you know general public may think and how the mayor or other people or the media may frame it. So I know one part of the negotiating process is this thing called a, a fact finder report. Um, that's been in the news a little bit. Um, I know Mayor Lightfoot said some stuff about it, um, said that everybody sided with her. Um, I find that unlikely. Uh, I'd like to hear how you see it and what you see from the fact finder report. Yeah, the, the fact finder report is it's part of the it's part of the bargaining law that got put into place back in 11 that Rahm Emanuel pushed through. It would be entirely understandable if our members weren't tracking this closely. It, summer, after all, you've got people have more important things to do, like worry about getting to the beach or to Italy or other, other places nice. like that. Yeah. Like Miss Parker here going to Italy. Well, don't get mad because you're domestic. Oh, oh. Nice. <laughs> all right. So it's okay if people aren't following it closely. And in fact, I don't, it, it's not clear how significant the thing is going to be. But in, in 
mid-July, the uh, at, at the board's attorney's office, the, this uh, an independent fact finder, an arbitrator, held a two-day-long hearing in which he took evidence both from the CTU and from CPS uh, to support our various demands that we were making in bargaining. We submitted all of our staffing demands. Uh, we submitted our demands about class size, and of course, we submitted our demands about pay, um, healthcare benefits, etc. The fact finder listened to our presentation. CPS's presentation actually was basically they said, um, "We don't think the fact finder should should make any rulings about anything except how long the contract should be, healthcare benefits, and pay. Those three things and those three things alone." The fact finder then went and wrote a report in which he said, we agree with CPS on all the major issues. CPS had said, you know, we'd like to pay you 14.5% over five years, um, but we want to increase your health insurance in such a way that we eat up a big chunk of that. We'd be talking about raises that would be averaging uh, a little bit over 2% a year by, by, CPS's, um, by, C, by CPS's offer. And the fact finder largely agreed with them. He moved some numbers around a little bit. But the, and if people want to see the actual numbers, you'll be able to go on the CTU's website and, 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 and see the specifics. Um, but he said you should have a five-year contract. He said, you know, that makes sense because I don't want to interfere with the mayoral election coming up, which is it's kind of blatant, uh, you know, election criteria that aren't part of the law at all. I don't know how he gets this. Um, but really, it was like the way this report came out is exactly how CPS had intended it when they wrote the law, which is that it was a seemingly neutral person coming in to say all the key concerns of the public and teachers uh, and our PSRPs and our clinicians um, are not my concern and, um, you know, take this pile of sawdust and chew on that. And so, you know, we're going to reject that. So pretty much CPS wrote the rules and then a, quote, neutral guy comes in to interpret those rules and they're against us. Lo and behold. Wow. Wow. So, Crystal, I heard you say that the mayor does not want to strike. Now, why do you think that is? I didn't say she didn't want us to. I said she shouldn't want she us should to. She shouldn't want us to. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said she did. Okay. No, I don't know. I have no talked to her. I mean, <laughs> hell, I don't know what she's thinking. But um, I would hope that she wouldn't want us to, you know, go out on strike. I mean, we had the same sort of thing to happen when Rom first came in 2012. Right. Um, you know, we, we tried to work with him and he just was blatantly not, you know, feeling us at all. But no, I wouldn't, I would hope that she wouldn't want us to strike. Um, when we, and then I want to go back to something you guys just mentioned about um, teachers and, you know, the gain of, um, uh, and pay. I want to say that we have paraprofessionals that have master's degrees. Mm-hmm. They've just chosen to do the work that right. they do because they love doing what they do. I right. do want to note also that most of our paraprofessionals live in the communities where they work. Right. Most of them can walk to school. I live like right across the street from the school I worked at for many years. And um, I did that because I wanted to. So we, we, we don't want to discredit any of our members. That's right. All of us are educated enough to do the work. Everybody should be compensated for the work we're doing and the respect should be there as well. Everybody that works in a school building that has interaction with the kids is critical to them being successful in the building. And one of the things uh, Crystal said just a minute ago was about how we organize the the charter schools. And that was really important. We're the, the first local to organize charter schools in the country had the first successful charter school strikes in the country. And yes, that's part we of, we did. Yes. That's pretty awesome. That's right. All right. And one of the things that I think are really important is that this fits into a larger movement. And 
our current contract campaign, how does that fit into this larger Red for Ed movement across the country? We saw successful strikes in L.A. We saw strikes in in red counties, in red states like West Virginia and Oklahoma and places like this. So how do we fit into this whole national movement and what does that how does that inform us going forward? As the president of CTU, uh, I've had the pleasure to sit on the AFT's executive council, executive board of the American Federation of Teachers. And so I, I talk to and meet uh, local leaders, union leaders from around the country. And one of the things that they have said, and a number of people have said this to me, is that Chicago was part of the inspiration for what happened uh, around the country in the Red, Red for Ed movement. Um, whether it was in Los Angeles, um, where, uh, you, you know, we, we learned a lot from Los Angeles and look what they were doing in mm-hmm. the mid-2000s. And, and they patterned uh, their work on the work that we did in Chicago. The, the, in Chicago, we put out a document called The Schools Chicago Students Deserve, which was about sort of the blueprint for our, uh, our, our broad, popular community and social demands. We have a second one now, um, but uh, we, when we put that document out in 12, as we were preparing um, to, to win community and public support for what we thought was going to be a difficult strike against the mayor, in uh, 2013 and 2014, the, the, the union in L.A. put out the schools L.A. children deserve. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they didn't just make up the same words. They right. they they borrowed that from us. Right. Um, same thing is true for uh, in West Virginia. The, the number of teachers in West Virginia who did the Red for Ed movement mm-hmm. there um, did a study group in which, among other things, they read about what we had done in Chicago. So, you know, I view that like that movement of educators making common cause with the public very much is connected to the movement work that we've been doing in Chicago. And then I think that we should we should take inspiration back from that movement and for ourselves use that to remind us that we can accomplish great things when we organize, when we ourselves are organized, when we, when we lift up what we're doing and how what we're doing um, appeals to the common good. It's mm-hmm. gonna, that's going to mobilize uh, teachers. It's going to mobilize members of the community. It's going to mobilize parents. All those forces, when we join together, we're, we're a much stronger union and a much stronger movement. So particularly for our members that were not here in 2012, like almost half of our members were not here then. So a is lot, that right? It's pretty close. Oh wow! It's, it's <laughs> sad as hell, but yeah. <laughs> but people, people sometimes flee CPS. Oh, for the for those of you who are listening and you're still in CPS, you deserve some kind of a medal for that. It's That's not right. for, It's not for the faint of heart. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Thank true. you. Thank you for your service. <laughs> so a lot of the members who are not here in 2012, they maybe um, this may be their first time moving up towards a strike um, or a possible uh, extended strike or a strike vote. So what, what's important for them to know in this? And, and Jesse had mentioned earlier about this is a, when we wrote our uh, schools, Chicago students deserve, it was about a, a social agenda for the city. It was about more than just, we need pens and pencils in the classroom and a notebook for the kid. It was about educating the whole kid in the whole city. Why is that important for, especially the newer members who may not be familiar with that to understand that? I think that um, in my experience as a field rep and going out to the schools, they they are interested. And I think that we do a darn good job uh, preparing and training our members mm-hmm. uh, about uh, to be leaders 
um, within their buildings. I think we've done a great job um, helping our members understand the contract. We have a variety of trainings that we provide throughout the year, and it's not just for delegates, but it's for school leaders, um, anybody that would be interested in doing it. My focus when it comes to when you ask a question like that is how bad do they want it, right? So is it is it more important for us to file grievances to to help a member or is it more important for us to organize a building so that everybody understands what the fight is because it may not just be that one person doing right. it. So what a tenure teacher may be experiencing will soon be something that a, a, a newer teacher right. will experience. So I think we want to continue to empower our members to use their contract as a weapon. We mm -hmm. have what we call a PPC. I say it's the power to the people committee. Um, I'm proud to work with those types of committee mm -hmm. because it empowers them in the building. So I think if people understood more <laughs> of what was in the contract and what's beneficial for them, and how important it is that they are a part of a, of a union, they would be um, more active or more and, and maybe right. even more activated or wanting to do more in the building. So I don't say I, I don't know how you measure tenure versus um, the newer ones. Mm -hmm. I think it's all about value. How much do you value your profession? Yeah. How much do you want to protect your profession? And how much do you uh, want to make sure that where you're working, that you have everything you need? Mm -hmm. to be of good service, to provide the proper education for every student in the city of Chicago. And I would add, the, the public will be with us because we're demanding the things that people want for their children. What we have to have is the courage to stand up mm -hmm. and to take a risk and to confront people in power. And if we do that, that's our best chance of being able to deliver a contract that's good for us, that delivers dignity and respect to the, to the, for the work that we do, but that also makes school better for everybody. Right. Jesse, you're definitely right. I just remember the 2012 strike, and I remember the, the things that we won, and I remember it was like a, like a butterfly effect. Other uh, unions were striking all across the country. Like we said, we got charter school striking, and whenever I wear my red shirt, it always... Um, brings conversation and people mm -hmm. around the world, not just the country, but around the world are very proud of us now looking at us. And so we are trailblazers. So people in Brazil and people in Africa, because I went to a world social forum a couple of years ago in Montreal and people were like, we saw what Karen Lewis was doing. We saw what the Chicago teachers Union were doing and we're striking and help us um, do this and help us strike and help us get what we need. So the whole country is looking at us, members, teachers, PSRPs all around the country are looking at us. So I'm excited. So, I'm excited too. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too, and, and I'll tell you, and I'll and I'll and I'll do one better for that. There's someone I'm gonna forget the name of the school. There was a school on the west side where all the students did, did a dress like a teacher day, mm. and they had on homemade. Cool. They all had on homemade CTU shirts. Wow! That is, they had all taken various like red awesome. shirts and yeah. they had painted CTU. Oh, that's great! And when they did like dress like a teacher, they, you know, so that's so good. we're inspiring people all over the world, and we're inspiring people right here at home. We are. We got to thank that delegate. I'm sure that delegate had a lot to do with that one at that school. So good. So there you have it. We had our wonderful president, Jesse Sharkey, and our recording secretary, Crystal Williams-Hayes, to join us. So thank you so much. And please come again please. on our, one of our next episodes. Well, we'll, I'll, we'll come on if you'll have us. <laughs> Absolutely. <Definitely>. That's right. <laughs> thank you, guys. Right. Great. Yellow tinted lenses in a pink gelato. Falling out the window, hit me back tomorrow Will always be the one tough fact to follow Cause we aiming for the stars with a point and hollow
Hi, everybody. This is Dan Montgomery, president of the Illinois Federation of Teachers, your statewide union. And I bring you a message of solidarity to our CTU family, from everyone at the IFT, all your family around the state. Congratulations on your recent vote. We know you may well take a strike vote later on this month. We are with you. It's important that you know that all of education labor stands together with you in your fight. As a high school English teacher who's been on strike, I know what it takes, and I know that you would rather be in your classrooms with your students more than anything. But I also know that you're standing up for education justice for the students of the city of Chicago, and we congratulate you for that and send you our solidarity. Thanks. So thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Please rate us and give us feedback. High stars. Yes, definitely. Um, And tell your friends about us. You can hear us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Player FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, any place you get your podcasts. And if you don't have it on where you get yours, let us know so we can get it up on there too. And the way you can let us know is email us at ctuspeaks at ctulocal1.org. And also, if you have feedback about topics you want to um, hear on the show, things that you have not heard, please let us know. We want this podcast to be interactive, and we are here for you. The stories of the land the white now joining our podcast is Maria Moreno, the CTU's financial secretary, and LaShawn Wallace, paraprofessional at Taft High School, PSRP delegate, executive board member, member of the big bargaining team, and chair of the PSRP committee. That's a lot of things. It is. I know. Can you handle all those titles? I could not. I can barely handle one. (laughs) I feel the same. (laughs) So this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the 2012 strike and how that relates to our current contract Uh, campaign and what's going on with us now in Chicago. Uh, Back in 2012, I was not a delegate. um, And I was, I know, right? That's hard to believe, isn't it? it? You thought I was just born a delegate. I thought you were. I was not. Okay. My mom would be really mad if I was born this big. You learn something new every day. Yeah, I know. Go ahead. But anyway, so back in 2012, I was was just working in the building. Uh, We had a different delegate at the time. We had two delegates because we were a bigger school back then. We've Mm -hmm. lost enrollment since. Hmm. Anyway, but I was, this was the first major action I did with the union. Uh, I was a strike captain uh, on the uh, contract action team. And our job was really just to make sure everybody in the building was informed about what was going on. So every day we would get, or maybe not every day, but pretty regularly we get updates from the union about what was happening. And then it was my job to inform the six or seven people that were on my team about what was going on. And it was a much more effective way of disseminating information. And that's really how I kind of was involved in the 2012 strike. All right. So we have Maria Moreno, our financial secretary for the Chicago Teachers Union. Or what was your role in the 2012 strike? Um, well, so uh, at the time uh, leading up to the strike, so the year before I was uh, a teacher um, and delegate to my school, uh, I was also what we used to call a district supervisor. We yes. call them now district organizers. So, um, you know, I had already been pretty active in, you know, working with our union and our members and community regarding a turnaround at a school 
that I graduated from, Marquette Elementary. Nice. Oh, um, yeah, I know that. So mm-hmm. we were involved in that. And we had a what they used to call the CEOs back then of a network, a midway network, that was pretty much a bully to our 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 teachers at the time. And they had a KLT test that we were all organizing and fighting against. So it was quite a bit going on in Midway Network. So um, uh, leading up to that, uh, it, it was it was hard because as many of our members know, you know, you can be in a very difficult situation where you're targeted and you're bullied by a principal. And uh, there was a lot coming down during that time. We had the Common Core had been implemented, uh, the the para uh, law, which on evaluation had come in That's prior, true. like I think 20, mm. 2009, 2010, before then. Uh, Rahm Emanuel was bashing teachers. Mm. That was a whole anti-teachers uh, movement. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Blaming <laughs> teachers for every ill That's in true. society. Uh, you had Rahm Emanuel, who was a big proponent of charter schools, uh, loaded his uh, board of ed with, uh, CEOs of investment bankers and proponents of charters, billionaires. And so, uh, it was a pretty bad time, uh, for public education, for educators. Uh, so there were many laws and, and, and it was like a heavy burden. You felt the crush Mm -hmm. of what was, uh, a massive like tsunami. Um, so, uh, the fact that we were standing up to that, uh, that we had a leadership that says, no, we are not going to get crushed to the ground. We're going to organize our members. We're going to reach out to our parents and our communities and, and develop allies to say, no, we will not be crushed by the privatization movement. Uh, kind of helped sustain me personally mm-hmm. uh, during that very difficult time. So um, it, it, it was something that I think if we look back at it today, it's what has allowed us to still be here. That's right. I have to agree, Maria. LaShawn Wallace, I agree. Uh, in 2012, I remember it very well. I was also a um, or, um, district um, supervisor at the time, and I was a strike captain, and it was a fight. Um, uh, there was a big disconnect with members in union. It yes, was. really. The reality was the members did not trust the union at the time. There was no connection. And um, especially with the PSRPs, um, our clerks, our teacher assistants, our members, boots on the ground. There was no connect. There was no trust. What we did um, as uh, also I was an organizer during that time. During that summer, we knocked doors, uh, especially talked to our PSRP members, Mm -hmm. and we had that one-on-one conversation to re-engage them and let them know that the union was there for them. Um, That was a big impact on us um, getting our members back under the umbrella of the union. Um, We gained our um, support with that. Also, um, during that, we also uh, empowered our members with, the, with their um, knowledge of the evaluation. Like Maria said, um, the mayor had came down with this big evaluation. Members were afraid. They were, they were being bullied by their principals. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand the evaluation system. Um, we got together here at the union. We brought our members in. We educated them, and we empowered them with that. So... 
um, a lot, a lot went on, a lot, um, transpired through that. And it was just really getting people back into knowing that it was not just four people that ran the union, but it was you and I, it was you in the union. That's right. And today that's still the message. It is you and I, and it's not just four people that run the union. That is correct. I think we're all speaking the same language. I remember Mm -hmm. the 2012 strike and I had just be, it was my third year as a delegate and I had just become a district supervisor and I was a strike captain as well. And what my role is, I was going around to the different schools in my network. I was also in an AUSL school at the time. And um, I think what help my members in my particular school was we had, we was being bullied by the, uh, the previous principal. We had just won some money back because we worked, um, longer school days, like 15 minutes extra day without the proper permission and the procedure of a delegate. Mm -hmm. So by them winning money back, they was like, Oh yeah, we have power. And so like, look what we can do when we all stick together. And also, we would just, um, different schools, all bring different schools together, and we would strike at different schools together, and we would hear each other's stories um, and why, you know, why I think it's a good idea to strike and the things they've gone through at their particular school. And, like, yes, we're we're unified. I love those chants we would do. And yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> chants was, we're not going to take it wow. <laughs> anymore. But it was the great. The red shirt was a big power pack. Also, mm-hmm. because once we unified ourselves and we identified ourselves with the red yes. on, Fridays, oh, yeah. on Fridays, that also gave us power. I believe within our buildings, within our principals and the networks, we showed them, even people on the bus stops, when they saw that red, right. it was just saying, you know, just said, let them know that that's CT. Right. Yeah. And you heard people honking and people yeah. support and you saw we had parents come out and pick it with us. It felt all worth it. And then just going downtown together uh, after the, the picketing and seeing that sea of red and just seeing us on the news mm-hmm. and people talk about us and we just felt empowered. So it was, uh, I just think that 2012 strike was about empowerment and to see what we can do when we all on one accord and we're not going to give in. So those, those are good stories. So based on what we just talked about, what do you think were the 2012 successes so, uh, as I was mentioning before, uh, the, there had been building uh, this movement to privatize public education, break down teachers' unions, um, and uh, we had been beaten up. It was mm-hmm. it was a serious uh, movement on the part of the one percent to get their hands on public funding and to take the voice away of organized teachers, right? And um, we said, no, that wasn't going to pass here in Chicago. Right. And uh, we were able to see that, that we envision ourselves and our ability to stop that, right? So we came together, you know, we we organized our buildings into cat teams. As LaShawn said, we did a lot of phone banking. We reached out to parents. I know we in our school we had, a, a, you know, a parent meeting. We were reaching out to parents. Um, so we had all, all areas, areas covered. And... It, you know, the next step was, well, we had to get ready for that strike authorization vote. Um, as we know, that is our most powerful weapon that we have. Uh, it's very important that we understand why we're taking this vote. Uh, it's a vote that authorizes the leadership. Yes, we can, you know, we're giving you the permission uh, to do that if necessary. And so uh, it's an important vote to take. And it's important that the percentage of yes votes be very high. Why is that? It provides a lot of leverage. It also tells the boss 
look, we're serious about this. We've been sitting, we've been negotiating with you for months. And, um, you know, uh, this is very important to our students and our educators. Uh, we're serious. So if, uh, if we have a strike authorization vote and it's, it's in favor of a strike, that just, does that mean that the leadership just gets to decide that we're going to go on strike? No, no, that goes to the House of Delegates. They set the date for a strike. Um, and so it, it, it has to go through a, a certain pr procedure and process based on the constitution of the Chicago Teachers Union. So the delegates would be able to come back to the building and discuss that with the members. So this is really a bottom up kind of strike. It's not Jesse and Stacy deciding we're going to strike. Right. We're, okay, right. we're asking our, build, our delegates right now when they get back in their buildings to do like a straw vote to test the temperature of, you know, how their members are feeling and then come back in September for our first house meeting to report out what the, you know, what the members are feeling. Our profession is mostly ran by women. We do not get the respect that we deserve as being professionals. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't get the, we don't get the respect as in the pay that we receive in my position as being a paraprofessional, we don't even make li um, living wage. And most of us are black and brown, single parents, okay? So single parent homes, um, we live in this city. We know the cost of living in this city. Right. Mm -hmm. We know everything is rising, and, but everything is rising, but our incomes. And we know as educators what we do in our classrooms what we do for our children that sit in front of us. We know that we don't want to work longer days without being paid, okay? We know that we don't want to continue to have uh, health care that continues to eat up our income and co-pays go along with that right. because some of us have uh, a condition that we need medication. Right. Okay? Absolutely. So that affects all members. All members. So even if it's going well at your school, right? or for you, maybe you are okay you with go. the wages, somebody right. at the next school is suffering, and we got to, you know, what's good for one is good for all. We need everybody We want happy. all our schools to be identical. We want right. everyone to benefit from a well-funded um, well right. public education. Right. But we don't want to have the kids having to travel to one side of the school, I mean, of the city. Everybody got to travel to the north side to exactly. get these education. Every school in exactly. every neighborhood should be a good school. Yes. And I just want to say, like, when when I talk to my members in my building, when I tell them I'm checking yes for a strike authorization vote, it doesn't mean I want to strike. It means I'm willing to strike to get what we need for ourselves and our students and our buildings in our city. And I think that's the, the message I want to make sure that our listeners hear is that this doesn't mean that we don't want to be teaching. I'd way rather be teaching in my classroom, but I need to be able to say, no, I'm willing to stop that to get what we need. Yes. And you're right, Jim. And if we don't do that, what we're saying is we send them a message saying, you can do whatever you want. We're going to accept whatever you give us. And they're not going to give us their best. They're nope. never going to give us their best. Nope. So, yeah, it, it just just to kind of give you a little backdrop, when we have to sit in front of the other side, CPS's bargaining team, um, you know, months we've been we've been sitting there for months You're and, right, and they'll roll <laughs> their eyes and they'll just like just smile and nod their head. Yes. And we're 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 telling them exactly how the conditions are. These are why we have these proposals and how difficult it is and what right. we need. 
And they'll be like, yeah, I know, just kind of look and not, you know, just dragging their feet. As we get closer to the time where we are able to strike, uh, once they start hearing about us preparing for this strike authorization vote, they're going to start feeling the pressure, right? Um, As when we have that vote, and and I hope that everybody votes yes, it doesn't mean that we 100% are going on strike. The board's going to hear that. They're going to know that we are on the same page, that every single one of us in those buildings are on the same page, that we are united in in this fight, that we're going to stand together. We are not going to be split. They're not going to cause us to have infighting in our buildings, right. that we know what we, 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 we have to have in order for us to be successful as educators, and nothing, nothing will divide us. And so it's so crucial that we vote yes on this. And that you will see how things start to move. Uh, even recently, they're, they're starting to give counter proposals as we've gotten closer mm. to the start of school. Remember, mm. uh, Mayor Lightfoot said there will not be a strike this year. Remember, she doesn't make that determination. Mm. We do. That's right. Yeah. Right. right. So it comes from us. And so yep. it's so important, members, stick together. This is what gives us our power. Please vote yes. It is you, though, in the end, when you talk to your delegate and they come back to the House that determine whether there will be a strike. But we have to have this vote so that we have the power to go forward. How should members prepare for the next steps? What are the next steps in order to get ready for the weeks to come? Members should get in their buildings, make sure that their CAT um, teams are up and running. So the contract action yes. teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Make sure that they have someone working with them, not just the delegate, but they have another member and leader, team leader in their building working with them in the event that we do have a strike, because that information needs to get out and the delegate exactly. can't do it all by themselves. Also, the um make sure that everyone is wearing red on Friday. Make sure you come to the union, get your red T-shirts. Let's show them that we're going to wear red on Fridays. Do not make any major purchases right now. Hold the urge because we don't know what's going to happen. Let's just prepare for this and be there for one another and just be ready. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it's just good to be ready for whatever Mm -hmm. happens. And we're going to definitely have to come together Uh, because we're going to have to be there for each other. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, bread on Fridays, uh, we will be, the CT will have events. uh, There will be actions. So depending on your school community, uh, we'll have flyers to pass out to parents on what we're, you know, fighting for, what are Mm -hmm. our proposals. So please engage your parents. Don't forget about them. Talk to them. You know them very well. They know you. Um, Hopefully our students will also have their own organizing efforts. That's that, you know, you know, our, our high school, middle school. That'd be great. That'd be fun for them too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They, they're going to be very much involved. They were in 2012 on our strike. Mm -hmm. So parents were out there in 2012. Students were out there in 2012. Uh, We were getting thumbs up from people working in their businesses downtown. Um, It will, uh, it will shut down the city, but it will inspire People throughout the city, it will inspire this country again because the 2012 strike reverberated, not only throughout the United States, it reverberated internationally. It was. I it, agree. You know, it was, it was the, the first major blow against the privatization effort. And so we need to continue this movement that we have uh, of fighting for public education and the profession of teaching. We're not, we're, we, we've turned the tide, right? We've now 
seeing changes in the funding uh, of our schools. The, the narrative has changed. It's no longer pro-charter. It's no longer teachers are the fault. Uh, we, we've, we've made major uh, successes in that area, but the fight's not over. Also, members, you can go to the CTU website and get involved in the committees, the various committees um, that's within the union, and join and get involved. We have early childhood. We have um, special ed. We have um, PSRP. We have clinician. We have um, social committee. We always looking for things to do with families within our um um, union. So we need you to be a part of those committees. And that's how we find out what's actually happening in the buildings is through our committees. So we need you to be a part of that. Speaking of committees, please join also the Communications Public Relations Committee. The best of all the committees. Yes, with Jim and myself. Yep. If you want to be a part of this podcast. Yay. And there you have it. Again, our very own Maria Moreno, our financial secretary, and LaShawn Wallace, our PSRP guru and committee chair. Thank you all so much for joining us. And please come back. Hope you all wasn't too nervous today on our show. You all were great. I had a great time. Thank you for inviting me. When I wasn't cool, shit, I still ain't cool. But you better make some room for me. I'm coming through with my crew at the rendezvous. Yeah, it's a party over here now. Yeah, it's a party over here now. Thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, and if you guys have any other questions or issues or concerns that you would like us to address, please send them to CTU Speaks at ctulocal1.org and we will address them on a future podcast. I thought I needed to run and find somebody to love, but all I needed was some coconut oil. Don't worry about the small things. I know I can do all things. Mama always told me it would be all right. I thought I needed the rush, but it was never enough. Cause all I needed was some coconut oil. Don't worry about the small things. I know I can do all things. Mama always told me that and she was.